Hello there Star Wars fans, here we are for the second edition of the Padawan podcasts with my Padawan, um, say hello William. Hello. Right, okay, so it's, <laughs> <laughs> it's the two of us again doing the, as I said, the Padawan podcast where we look at the Star Wars universe from the eyes of an 11 year old, um, an English 11, a British 11 year old, so I guess this, this could be different to the 11 year olds of, of the US or China or, or the various other countries that... Or anywhere. Or anywhere. But now this, this is the ideas of a, an 11 year old British boy and what he thinks of the Star Wars universe. So, okay. So, William, we are... Well, last time, just as a quick recap, we did A New Hope. Um, yes. or, or the original Star Wars yeah. movie, as far, as far as I'm concerned. Um, yeah. And we discussed what you thought of the movie, what you enjoyed about it. Um, so it's only fair that with this one, we move on to the next film of the, the original trilogy. Empire and, Strikes Back. Empire Strikes Back, indeed. So, okay, William, from an 11-year-old perspective, what is... The Empire Strikes Back about. The rebels are on a snow planet. They then get found by a droid working for the Empire. Mm-hmm. The Empire then attack them. Yep. Luckily, they escape. Yep. And um, but they split up. Mm-hmm. Luke then goes to train with Yoda briefly, mm-hmm. and um, the others then go to rendezvous points, and um, the Millennium Falcon gets chased into. Um, asteroid field. Yep. Then what happens? Um, the Empire sort of follows them and then they escape again. Yep. And because they've taken bit, a bit of damage, they go to um, Cloud City where they meet Lando to get repairs. Yep. And um, get captured by the Empire as Lando's working for them. Naughty Lando. <laughs> Did I have a choice? No. Dun, 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 dun. No. And, <laughs> and then, through this forced disturbance in the force, um, Luke then finds out um, that they're in trouble and uh, goes to Cloud City. And um, he then gets ambushed by Darth Vader in a way, yep. uh, while um, Han's taken away and the others are meant to be arrested but then get away and um, so you then see a fight with Luke and Darth Vader where eventually Luke's hand gets chopped off and he falls down an air duct he does on into um, onto this uh, <laughs> I don't know what it is but it's like a rod of metal underneath Cloud City I, th- I think it's meant to be a weather vane yeah that, yeah that or some weird antenna yes could be an antenna that's true and then um Millennium Falcon luckily gets him before he falls to his doom mm-hmm. and saves him. He then gets a robot arm and Lando and Chewbacca um, go looking for Han Solo as he's been taken by Boba Fett. Okay. So that's that, and that's where the movie ends, really, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Okay, so there were quite a few... Oh, there is quite a few story lines going on in this and quite yeah. a few big things that happen. Yeah. For you, what's what's the most exciting part of the movie then? <laughs> most exciting, I wouldn't say it's my favourite, but the most exciting is probably um, um, 
the blaster fights between Han Solo and um, the Stormtroopers on Cloud City, as well as the others at the beginning when they first uh, find out find out like the others when they're trying to get away. So when, and the, when get Han Solo back. Yeah. So when Hoth's been attacked. Yeah. Okay, so okay, so it's not your favourite. So what's your favourite part of the movie? My favourite part is definitely um, Dagobah with Yoda. <laughs> oh yeah, the personally watching the other films with Yoda in, you don't expect Yoda to be a weird, crazy hermit. He's a lot more serious than the others, less um, less weird, laughing and stealing pieces of machines. Yes, that's and true. And eating other people's dinners. <laughs> Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I I I see what you mean. Yeah, it's a very big comedy moment in the movie, the original interaction between Luke and Yoda, when Luke doesn't know who Yoda is, he just thinks it's this weird little creature. Muppet Yoda. Muppet Yoda. <laughs> well, that's the thing. They did him as a Muppet. As they a puppet, did. Yeah. Yeah, he was a puppet because in the original trilogy they didn't use, or well, they used very few computer graphics. And yeah, and no, very bad ones. Well, there was no CGI really. Pretty much. No. Um, so, Yoda was a puppet. <laughs> yeah, that was funny. And, and it's it probably because I watched this video about weird song with him in <laughs> the yes. like bad lip reading. <laughs> yes, yes, I think I everybody yeah, I think everybody knows about the bad lip reading um Yoda Siegel. <laughs> Siegel stop it now. <laughs> Siegel stop it now. Yes. Oh gosh. So that yes, okay, fair enough. But there's other quite big moments in the movie where it's the first time you get to see the Empire as a large organised force. Previously you'd seen them on the Death Star and you'd seen individual stormtroopers wandering streets or what have you, but you'd never seen... You'd never seen them organised like that. No, a landing force... A or the mass- huge Star Destroyer. Yes. Darth Vader's. Yes. Probably the same size as a country, to be honest. But, yeah, massive, aren't they? Um, I think there was a... Even the normal ones are huge, never mind that one. Yes. It's like eight times the size. Yes, yeah, it's massive. So you can you start to get a sense of what the Empire is about and just how big it is and just how powerful it is. Um, you get to see them do a ground assault on a, a planet Yeah. using the Atats. Personally, I wish they'd actually done it in um, with snowtroopers. I think that would have been more entertaining. Watching as um, the rebels absolutely slaughter them with their turrets, as yes. they get blown backwards and forwards by the strength of the turrets, would have been funny. It would. Well, that, I suppose that's why they needed the attacks to combat that. Well, you've <laughs> played Battlefront, haven't you? Yeah, um, not the not the new. Well, I have the new one, but very briefly, my yeah. friends. Yeah, but, but the you, old you, ones. You, yeah, you played the ones. original, the original Battlefront. Probably was uh, I don't know it's about ten year old now. <laughs> no one's heard of that version. They're all like, "What are you talking about?" By the way, that you've only got certain people and you only have like five types of weapons. <laughs> yeah, but it's just the way it is. Yeah, it was, it was the game of ten years ago, I guess. Yeah, but 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 you yeah so you've seen stormtroopers running around and you've seen the, them fighting on on Hoth or you've played that in the game haven't you <laughs> yeah that's really funny as they get blasted by rebel turrets and go spinning with cartwheels through the air <laughs> hmm, okay fair enough <laughs> what about the fact that in the movie of 
the original trilogy, this movie is a lot darker than the other movies. Yes, you've got comedy Yoda. Um, but the Han Solo and the Carbonite and yeah. all that is quite dark, to be honest. <laughs> it is, yeah. And you've also got when Luke is on Dagobah and he goes into the cave to discover... Um, well, it's, it's part of his progression through the Force. Yeah, when you watch that... He has to confront his, his dark. The first time you watch that, it is quite creepy. And you're like, oh my gosh, what is that? And then the second time you watch it, you're like, ah, what is that? Because <laughs> uh, the way that the helmet explodes and you see someone's face inside it. Do you not, do you not recognise whose face it is? Anakin's. Or is it Luke's? I it's Luke's. I, think, I thought it was Anakin's, but... No. No, you can't see the hair colour, so it's hard to tell because Luke's blonde, like a blondish colour, as mm-hmm. Anakin isn't. No, okay. Well, for me, I think the idea behind that was Yoda tells him he doesn't need any weapons when he goes into the cave because the only thing he'll confront in there is what he takes with him. So he goes into the cave and he confronts, or he is confronted by this apparition of Vader. Which is terrible with the lightsaber. But then he fights that apparition. So he, Luke, pulls his blade to fight the, the apparition of Vader. His fear. <laughs> his fear, yes, that's what it is, it's his fear. And so he fights it, and ultimately, when the helmet comes off, he he discovers that it's his own face. So, for me, well, this is purely for me, it's almost a case of his darkest fear is that he might become a monster like Vader. Yeah, but he doesn't know he's actually his father. He doesn't know. Not at that time. Well, that's the other big thing in the movie, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, huge. Yes. I am your father. <laughs> you you literally are. I literally am. Yes, that's true. That's true. So what did you think when you first saw that? Well, I first thought, like... I was, to be honest, I'd heard about it because, I mean, it's hard not to when you've got a Star Wars mad father in your family um, so when I heard it I wasn't confused when I like watched it but and then so then but then when I like heard it I was like I found that really weird what the fact that because um, I was like you don't you don't think that a good guy's like actually a bad guy's son mm-hmm because it like changes because Anakin starts good he turns bad then has a good son and then turns good again he does in the end yeah well for me this the entire story of the the prequel trilogy and the original trilogy it is Vader's story and yeah the, and, and I think to be honest I think the whole way through it's pretty much Anakin's story it is it is and I think Cause it starts with him and ends with him it does and I think George Lucas actually said that the, the trilogy and the prequels was the story of the Skywalkers. Yeah. So you had, as you said, Luke's rise to become a, a good guy and um, a champion of the light, and then his, his fall to darkness, and then his his redemption towards the end of Return of the Jedi, which which I guess will be our next podcast. Yeah. This we'll talk about, we'll do it in order, we'll do Return of the Jedi next. So yes, so it is the story of Vader, but you have this massive um, reveal within the movie. Now, when that was done, almost 40 years ago, yeah. nobody knew that. So they walked into the into the cinema, and 
they saw the movie unfold and they saw Vader so much more dominating than Luke and pushing him back, pushing him back. And then this massive reveal whilst they're in the, this chamber. Um, Personally, I can't see why his father would chop his hand off. Well, I suppose... It's a bit harsh. Yeah, but then when you start to see more of the backstory of Vader, you realise that... He had his chopped off by Count Dooku. He did. But also, more than that, you actually saw um, Vader or Anakin at the time do some quite horrific things. Yeah. That's probably through hatred. It was through hatred. But very bad at that point. It was. So what he did to the Sand People originally, that was his, that was the beginning of his path towards darkness, I guess. Personally, I think he probably would have cooled off by then. Well, I don't know. Maybe he's had 20 years of hatred and festering hatred of everything. If I went through 20 years of hatred, I'd be exhausted. Yes. Well, I suppose he was part robot. What so. are you doing, you ridiculous person? Day after day, <laughs> that would be impossible. I don't know, maybe anger can sustain you, I don't know. Yeah, so, okay, so we have these massive bits to the movie, which, for a lot of people, Empire is the best Star Wars movie of the lot. I don't know, I don't think to me. Go on then, which one's the best one for you? Me, it's probably Rogue One. Rogue One? one the new one, the yeah. The new one. I'm... I'm tempted to agree with you I've always liked Empire uh, it's not that I don't and it's definitely in, in my top few yeah it's the same for me it's just not the top yes and that's I think, probably because I think the attacks spoil it the way they walk really yeah the way they jolt but they kind of when you watch things like Fantastic Mr Fox the way they do them wouldn't like the um, they're very like they're like they're very stiff, and so are the assets in it. The way they put their foot down, and then the reaction comes. Mm-hmm. S- slightly, I don't know how to explain it, but it's very stiff in a way. Now, okay, so this possibly ties into what you said about... A New Hope. A New Hope, the original Star Wars About movie. if they had CGI, it would be yes. better. Yes, yeah, so, so, so are we saying the same thing for this one? You think that CGI could improve the movie? There are particular parts it could, but not as much as in New Hope. For example, some of the doors, when they're like... Um, like in the other one, all the opening and shutting doors was a different scene because they just put the door there. That's true. That's true. It was up or down, wasn't it? Yeah. As um, Empire Strikes Back, I think there's only one or two times that you can actually pick up on that because they've done it a lot better the way that they've slipped it together. But then I suppose they've got what they learned from the original movie by then. Yeah, even though they still made it twice, because like, when Darth Vader's fighting Luke and he walks down that circular... like Staircase thing. No, it's, um, it's like a circular corridor. Oh, right, yes. Yes, I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah it opens, and when it op- opens, the first one, and then closes, it's absolutely fine. But then when he's a bit... Because the camera's a bit co- closer to the second one, when he comes out, mm-hmm. you see the difference slightly. You can see the little twitch it makes, like when they put the two scenes together. Yeah. Uh, I've never picked up on that. 
again, I, I guess being a child that's grown up watching Used to watching that sort of thing. Yeah, smooth Very editing smooth. of of CGI as much as anything else. Yeah, that allows you to tie things together much smoother than original. Just working from the from the tape from the um, camera. Yeah. Reels themselves. Uh, okay, so again, I'd, I'd ask this back out to our audience. Do you agree? Do you think that the Empire Strikes Back would be improved through the use of of discrete use of CGI, not everywhere, but just certain bits to tidy up certain things, make make doors a bit smoother when they open and close. Another thing I would add is that the, the lightsabers. Like the blades are really thin. They look like they're gonna fence or something. It's like they're like the things they use for fencing, not actual like, not sabers. They look like they look like what you use for, um, for like fencing. Yeah, like really thin. Um, <laughs> yeah, they look like a centimeter thick. Okay, and again, uh, I guess from the time they used CGI or, or very basic. Um, camera trickery to give the blades their their glows yeah but i think the the middle part it's just too thin it just doesn't look right yeah compared to the others where you see them um like in the clone wars you spin them and the blade like you can spin them around really fast and when you see that they like um they're like gross slightly from the way they come like if you do a cartoon you have the little stripes off the back you, yes you've got the the motion effect yeah of the lightsaber like when you wave flame it move it stays there for a second and then carries on going the after effects yeah. yeah the image and personally i think that's what's it what makes it look more like a sword in a way because it then looks thinner down one end when mm-hmm. they do that which then makes it look more like a sword not like something you use for fencing right okay okay yeah so maybe the use of cgi could improve the lightsabers as well so the attacks doors and lightsabers yeah i'd say the blasters are fine because they're that quick you can't pick them up anyway you just see the light pass through yeah so so i think they've done well with that and made it so that you can't like say anything bad about that okay no, that's fine. Okay. Well, okay, so what else do you want to discuss around Empire Strikes Back? One thing I would say you could make better in it was the animals. <sighs> make better? Oh. Tauntauns and Wampers. They look really fake. Really? They, yeah, yeah. When you see the Tauntaun running, the way its legs like move, I don't know how to explain it, but it just looks... Like, if you run down somewhere, the legs seem to, like... Your legs move forwards and then back and then back to where they were very quickly. The things, they... It, like... Its legs go down, and then the other one... And then the leg that's up behind it takes ages to get back to where it was. It's, like, really slow, and it just doesn't look right. And then the Wampa's arm as well. I'd say the Wampa's arm, when it has it chopped off... Yeah. Could do with some work. Could it? <laughs> yes. I think the Wampa could do with some work after it's had its arm chopped <laughs> off. To yeah, because where the arm comes off, underneath, it's black. It's just black. There's nothing there. It's just black. 
Well, I suppose the light, so the idea of the lightsaber though is that it burns its way through, which is why when you saw in the original Star Wars movie, in an old Ben cuts the arm off Ponda Babas in the cantina. Yeah. You just see the the arm land on the floor and smoking. Yeah. You, There's yeah. no blood jetting out of the the, the alien's yes, shoulder. Yes, but you don't see the you don't see the burning on the other one. It's just black. It's just black. And you and you see where the bone was connected. You see like a round. It looks. In fact, it looks metal like cylinder. Poking out the end slightly. Right, okay. Like where the mm. arm attached on. Fair enough. Which I don't think they thought about for some reason, because it's like, you don't see when it chops it off, you just see that it falls to the ground after he swings. Yes. And, um, you d- I think they just pop, like, the arm, like, pops off. Just like that. <laughs> like a toy. <laughs> yeah, like a toy. Because <laughs> you see the part that would push it off. <laughs> Personally, I don't think that works. I'm just looking at the one I've got in the display case over yeah. there. Plus it looks... Its arm doesn't come off. Yeah, yeah. But to be honest, it also looks more like a teddy bear than a big monster. It's fur. It, <laughs> it looks too furry. In well, a I suppose way. it does live in a very on a very cold planet. Have you seen? Look at the polar bears. They don't. It doesn't look like it's been. Like for example, in the Paddington film, when he gets um, hair dried, his hair all stands on end. That's yes. what he look. That's what the wumper looks like naturally. <laughs> yes, like it's been blown dry. <laughs> yeah, like like all the hair, like the fur on it, sticks out on end naturally, because 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 it just doesn't. Maybe, maybe that's the way that, that creature's evolved on that planet. Yeah, so it looks like a porcupine. <laughs> it does big, look... Very big furball. Laugh it up, furball. Indeed, indeed. Oh. Right, okay. So, a message to Disney, I guess. If they ever considered redoing the movies or adding CGI to the movies, maybe they need to ask William to come along and offer <laughs> his technical advice on, on what works and what doesn't work. To, to go back to the uh, Tauntaun and the way that the Tauntaun runs, now they would have used something called stop motion yeah. animation. Yeah. Which is where you have. I think that's what doesn't work about it. It just—it's all they had at the time, though. True, it's—it's it's like the doors. It like you can see the little shift between it, and yeah. that's what makes it look weird. Well, to to make this stop motion work, what they would have had was a for what they would they would have used something better than plasticine. But if you imagine a plasticine build of the animal yeah. on a wire frame. And the wireframe can articulate and move, so its legs can move and, and what have you. And the plasticine over the top of it, like, I suppose it's more like moulded rubber over the top of it, allows them to move its limbs and, and move it forward. So what they would do is move a minuscule amount of its leg, take a photograph, move a minuscule amount of its leg and maybe one of its arms a little bit to show it leaning forwards, take a photograph. And what they do is build up hundreds if not thousands yeah. of these photographs and then it's almost like a flip book when you flip through them when you flip through them it plays it and that's yeah. exactly what they yeah. did they did exactly the same idea on this stop motion yeah um and it's all they had 
we're talking 40 years ago, or almost 40 years ago. They would have been working on it, I guess, 40 years ago. I think the way that we that we do it now, like, for example, you can get, like, versions of that on, like, a phone or iPad. Or You do? Yeah, you can get yeah. one of them on your phone and iPad, and it probably works better than that. True, but you've got more power on a phone or an iPad or a tablet of any kind. Than you did on a proper camera. Yeah, well, well, you wouldn't have had any on a camera, sure. but the actual computers back then weren't as powerful as your phone. You've got more computing power in your phone today than all of Lucasfilm had at their disposal back then, forty years ago. Yeah. So even a row of computers won't be as powerful as your phone. True. So that's that's what's allowed us to now see the very smooth movements that you see in, in, in shows like the Clone Troop, uh, the Clone Wars, as you said, and Rebels more recently, and also yeah. in the films themselves. It's their ability to stitch together using very, very powerful computers. That actually work well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's what makes the difference. Okay, so, as a synopsis, where would you put... Empire? Is it a good film? Is it a bad film? Overall, do you like it? I like it. Um, I do like it, but if I was, I'd say it's a good film. I wouldn't say it's the best film that they've done, um, Lucasfilm. Yep. But it's definitely one of their better ones. Right. Okay. That's fine. That's that's a a good summary. And, and yeah. I would agree, I would agree, it's not the best for me, for me personally it's not the best, but it is one of the, the better ones that they've done. Yeah. Yeah, okay, that's fine. So, last time we did a recording, we discussed if you could have a lightsaber, what would it or be? Or a spaceship. Well, it was lightsaber yeah. last time, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, true. So this time I think we'll do spaceship. Yeah. So if you could have any spaceship in the Star Wars universe, what would you have? I'd probably have a mixture of two. Oh, oh, go on then. I like the new TIE fighter, um, like the uh, the assault bombers that you see on Scarif. They're like the two, like really quick moving TIE fighters that the new ones that they have. So that's the TIE striker. TIE striker, yes, that's what it's called. And I'll, yeah, I'll have a mixture of that. I think that's that's that is though. It's not a spaceship as such. No. I mean, it, it's a fighter, but I think it's meant to be an atmospheric fighter. Yeah, I'd have one like that, but I'd have it mixed with another one, which would be able to do that. I'd have it mixed with um, like the hammerhead that you see in Rebels, the hammerhead cruisers. Which like destroy star destroyers as so they just plow straight oh, through yes. them. That is a great scene in Rogue One, to be fair. Yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah the weight just plows straight through it and or pushes it into another one. It does. Yeah. Yeah. And um, whilst we're discussing that, it's almost a case of they hit it initially, don't they, and then slide along the side of it until they get wedged into a corner. And then all of a sudden they switch on like almost a booster in the engine. <laughs> and all of a sudden this, this poor Star Destroyer... <laughs> Turns into a nail going into a piece of wood. Yeah. <laughs> it just... But it's oh. almost like a knife. because it, it, the That's Star where it Destroyer. goes straight through and like chops off the front of the spaceship. It does. It does. It just takes a massive slice out of another Star Destroyer. <laughs> it's like a piece of um, pizza being chopped in half. Yes. By another piece of pizza. <laughs> A smaller piece of pizza at that point. Yeah, yeah I'd have a mixture of that and then I, like the wings they have on it. 
Have well, which, which one are we on about here? We're going back Ty to the striker. Tie striker. I'd have another one of them like wings on the bottom, but like the end of the wings, they're like they're like sharp. So like the hammerhead. So you'd almost have like three blades, three wings. Yeah, so like three three blade wings. So the way that when you flies straight into another ship, it gets stuck in it straight away. Okay. So the points then go into it. Okay. Because they'll be reinforced. They and, would. And then the hammerhead, like, point, I would have, like, extends forward really quickly. Because um, it'll be closer to the cockpit because the wings are so long. Oh, wow. It, so you're inventing your own spaceship here so, completely. <laughs> so it, like, it, it accelerates forwards the front of the spaceship. Almost like to punch out. Yeah. And at which point, just as it makes contact, the wings then like pull out of the other spaceship pushing it with a lot of force so it really would be a hammerhead yeah instead of like plowing through it or pushing it it full on block you like well they're two very different types of spaceships aren't they because one is one's a cruiser one's a fighter exactly so that's why you've got a small and nimble fighter which doesn't work and doesn't translate into a, a small capital ship that's, yeah. that's got lots of guns and a large crew. Yeah, the point is is that this ship would, wouldn't would take on Star Destroyers as it would be too small. It uh, takes on small cruisers. Right. Like in the Clone Wars, you see um, a spaceship carrying Yoda and about six clones, mm-hmm. including three that then got get off with him onto a moon. Mm-hmm. I can't remember which one it was, where they then meet Barisofi. Yes. Not Barisofi, Bar- um, um, Star Wars Ventress. Yes, yes, I know which one you mean. It's where they're trying to broker a peace or trying to win over the Toydarians. Yeah. Yes, and, and so they're, they're planning to meet the king when they get ambushed. Yeah. About, and um, you take on ships like that mm-hmm. because it's got to be nimble enough to avoid being shot at because I have to say that's the one problem with um, a hammerhead. If it was, if it was seen coming, it would be blasted mm-hmm. and then destroyed. As it's not meant to have a shield, because that's where it's meant to hit them. I suppose it does have shields. It must have shields because la- all it. the larger ships have shields. But then, how would it hit? Because X wings have got shields. But, but yeah, if it was to ram something, it would then hit the shield, not it. Which would then damage the shield. And that would just be wasted. That's a good question. But you've also got the fact that that hit a... Um, that hit the Star Destroyer that also had shields. Yeah. Which would imply that the shields are not meant for physical items. And instead meant are meant for to lasers. stop lasers. Yes. Which is also why in Empire Strikes Back you've got these Star Destroyers flying through an asteroid field and being thrown about... Easily. Easily. Because they're not meant for that. Yes, because the shields are not stopping. They're only energy shields. They're only able to stop energy weapons. And so are absolutely useless. In an asteroid field. Which is also why when... Um, Darth Vader's talking to the three admirals, one of them buzzes out. Yes, because they've just been hit. And you've also got scenes in the various different movies. I think Return of the Jedi is, is the one that's jumping out at me. Where you've got a, 
an A-wing which has been fatally damaged. It spirals out of control and flies straight into the bridge of a Star Destroyer and so therefore destroys the Star Destroyer which then plows into the Death Star. Um, Brigain is a relatively slow moving fighter that manages to hit the bridge of the Star Destroyer despite the Star Destroyer having shields. So the shields can't stop physical objects. No. They can only stop energy weapons. And that's why I think there's no point having shields in it. Well, I suppose most of the weapons you're using are energy weapons, though. True. They don't tend to use ballistic weapons, which are like <laughs> weapons that fire yeah, that's a, more in, that's a thing. More in, that's more in, um, I think it's the third film, uh, with the droids. They're more used then. The droids use them quite a bit on their spaceships, the rockets that then follow them. Yes, yes, they do. They have them. Yes, I'm trying to think which of that would be Re- Revenge of the Sith. Yeah. When you see the massive one. battle over the top of Coruscant. Yeah, yeah, with the droids and they're trying to get back the Chancellor. Yes. Okay. Right. So we've covered quite a bit here now. So we've talked about your love of Empire, but also yeah. what you would want to change about it. Um, Again, take note, Lucasfilm, it needs more CGI, according to the 11-year-old audience here. Um, And your favourite ship would be some type of... Hybrid between a TIE Striker and a Hammerhead. And a Hammerhead. So what do you think? What do you think of William's choice of spaceship? Would you agree? It sounds kind of cool. I'm trying to figure out how it would work. Who would design such a ship? Is Is it an Empire ship or is it a Rebellion ship? I would probably go for like a smuggler ship. A smuggler ship. A smuggler ship that's like well, like a mercenary slash smuggler ship. Ah, mercenary. Yeah, that so, would make sense. So, yes. um, so it can stop the empire when it's chasing them. Because, for example, you see that. Or local that police ha- forces. Yeah, because Han Solo has to dump his cargo, and that's why Jabba's after him. That's true. Because he his ship wasn't physically able to destroy the ship coming at him because it was a, it wasn't physically prepped for it. Yes. Okay, fair enough. So some type of smuggler stroke mercenary ship. Yeah, so it's like it's so it's like able to defend itself when attacked by yeah. Empire. A bit like a slave one style of ship that doesn't really fall into anyone's category. It's it's, it's one that's on the open one market. That's just there for people who need it. Yeah, and maybe modified from something that like, was more like basic. Like Solo's modified. Yes. yes. Uh, the Millennium Falcon a few times. Some of them not the best <laughs> with the hyperdrive. <laughs> oh, yes, yes. Always the tinker. Right, okay. So that, I think that's it. We're just coming up to 35 minutes. We're getting close to 35 minutes now. Um, you've been listening to uh, part two of the Padawan podcasts. Um, we're part of the wider Jedi Council, and you can find us on our website, and we're also on Twitter. This um, podcast itself will be on our website um, and you'll be able to find it on our website. So that's www.the-jedi-council.com. And as I said, we're also on Twitter as well, where you'll find us. Um, and we are the underscore Jedi underscore council, or at the Jedi underscore council. Um, this has been William. Say goodbye, William. Goodbye. Thank you for listening. (laughs) (laughs) And thank you for listening for me as well. Um, Thank you very much. May the Force be with you all.